everyone. And welcome to worship with Paisley St George's. Welcome if you have worshipped with us since our creation. Welcome if you've not been here for a while. Welcome if you are here every week. Welcome if this is your first time with us. Welcome if you're listening or watching. Welcome everybody. If you are worshipping online, the hymns will not appear on the screen this morning, so if you have a hymn book at home, you might want to go and find that. After worship, our fellowship continues over tea and coffee in the large hall. The intimations are as in the print, with one or two additional intimations. I'll run through the ones in the print before moving on to the extra ones. We start a series of Lenten Bible studies on Tuesdays from 7pm till 8pm in the Outreach Centre. The first study will take place this Tuesday. Learning together at Glenburn, the, at the Outreach Centre, the events continue there, the digital skills for the confused on Wednesday mornings and the cooking demonstrations, knitting, sewing and crafts on Wednesday mornings. The Guild meets tomorrow afternoon, Monday the 27th of February in the Large Hall at 2 o'clock and this is the final afternoon meeting this session. All the March meetings will be in the evenings at 7.30pm. The Friendly Hour meets this Tuesday at 2pm where they will be joined by the Rowanberries. Gentlemen, starve yourself for the rest of the week because the men's breakfast is on Saturday the 4th of March at 9.30am. Come along and enjoy a cooked breakfast and great company. We're continuing with an advanced notice for the ladies' afternoon tea on Saturday the 18th of March at 2pm. Tickets now available at the cost of £7. You can see any of the gentlemen from the men's breakfast for tickets. Safeguarding training. Having spoken to our safeguarding coordinator just before worship, I think the safest thing to say is that all volunteers must attend introductory training, all elders must attend trustee training. And this is mandatory. This has come from the General Assembly. It is not optional. There are dates given in the leaflet, some of which are probably now full. If you are a volunteer or an elder and you have not done training very recently, then please speak to Jean and see what is available. Community support, thanks to everyone who last Sunday donated to the DEC appeal to support the victims of the Turkish Syria earthquake. £885.20 has been sent off to the appeal. That's a really good figure. Well done. And I know that will be very gratefully received. Now, the intimations that are not in the print. Firstly, there will be a short meeting of the Kirk Session at the close of worship on Sunday the 5th of March. As you no doubt know, we will celebrate Holy Communion on Sunday the 19th of March. The envelopes with the invitations and the next edition of the magazine are now available for district elders to collect from the Session House. Those of you who were in church last week would get a yellow flyer from the social committee. They're planning to get events underway this year and they're looking for your feedback before taking these forward. And just to remind you and to say to folks who weren't here last week, the proposals are Dumfries House on Saturday the 22nd of April, a bowling evening in July, 
a beetle drive in Fish Tea in September, and a December visit to the show Christmas Carols in the Cottages. The silver boxes are at the doors, and the social committee would really like feedback as to whether or not you would be interested in any or all of these events before they start to firm up bookings and to start making commitments. So please, if you could, do that no later than next Sunday. The following letter of thanks was received from the Renfrewshire Food Bank, and I will paraphrase it. Thank you very much for your kind donation to Renfrewshire Food Bank. The support recently has been phenomenal. They received 18,492 kilograms. That's 18,000 tonnes of food in total in December. That's fantastic. But sadly, this was met with unprecedented levels of people in crisis who are now having to access our services for the first time. This year, they've been able to, the last year, they've been able to increase the help to include a fresh pack, including breads, eggs, fruit and veg, as well as the non-perishable foods, toiletries, cleaning products and pet food. And through December, they were able to provide soup packs and butchers vouchers, which gave folks a little extra support. But thank you so much once again for your kindness. We really couldn't do what we do without your support. Finally, it is with sadness that I intimate the death of one of our members, May McCulloch. May's funeral will be held at Woodside Crematorium on Wednesday the 8th of March at 2.30pm. I would ask that you please keep May's family in your prayers. These are all the intimations. Let us come together before God, our consoler in distress. Let us come together before God, our hiding place from troubles. Let us come together before God, whose love surrounds us. Let us rejoice in the Lord, our comforter and refuge. So let us rejoice and worship the Lord by standing, if able to sing hymn number 378, Praise to the Holiest in the Height, hymn number 378. <coughs>
evening prayers will be led for us by one of our elders, by Muriel, and Muriel will also be reading the scripture lessons for us this morning. Let us join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love, grace and mercy that you have shown us through the Lord Jesus Christ, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and brought us from a place of darkness into the glorious light of God. By your Holy Spirit, you brought us to a place where we acknowledged that we were sinners and had fallen short of the glory of God and where we accepted your salvation. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and we pray that in growing in this spirit, we will let the love of God flow through us to everyone we meet. We thank you that we have an example to follow in Jesus, that he went through many of the difficulties that we are experiencing and that he understands and strengthens us when we are going through difficult times. Lord, for our sake you fasted 40 days and allowed yourself to be tempted. Protect us so that we may not be led astray by any temptation. Since man does not live by bread alone, nourish our souls with the heavenly food of your word. In this season of Lent, we are reminded of our own difficulties and struggles. Sometimes the way has seemed too dark. Sometimes we feel like our lives have been marked by such grief and pain. We don't see how our circumstances can ever change. But in the midst of our weakness, we ask that you would be strong on our behalf. Lord, rise up within us. Let your spirit shine out of every broken place we've walked through. Allow your power to be manifest through our own weakness so that others will recognize it is you who is at work in our behalf. We ask that you would trade the ashes of our lives for the beauty of your presence. Trade our mourning and grief for the oil of joy and gladness from your spirit. Trade our despair for hope and praise. We choose to give thanks today and believe that this season of darkness will fade away. Thank you that you are with us in whatever we face and that you are greater than this trial. We know and recognize that you are sovereign. We thank you for the victory that is ours because of Christ Jesus. And we are confident that you have good still in store for our future. We thank you that you are at work right now, trading our ashes for greater beauty. We praise you, for you make all things new. Open our hearts to hear you speak this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Our Old, our Old Testament lesson this morning is from Genesis chapter I didn't bring my word of service. It's Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. The Lord took the man 
and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and look after it. You may eat from any tree in the garden, he told the man, except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day that you eat from that, you will surely be doomed to die. And then it was Genesis chapter 3, reading from verses 1 to 7. The serpent, the serpent, which was the most cunning of all the creatures the Lord God had made, asked the woman, Is it true that God has forbidden you to eat from any tree in the garden? He replied, We may eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except for the tree in the middle of the garden. God has forbidden us to eat the fruit of the tree or even to touch it. If we do, we shall die. Of course you will not die, said the servant, for God knows that as soon as you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God himself, knowing both good and evil. The woman looked at the tree, the fruit would be good to eat. It was pleasing to the eye and desirable for the knowledge it could give. So she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. So they stitched fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Our New Testament reading is from Matthew chapter 4, reading from verse 1. Jesus was then led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For forty days and nights he fasted, and at the end of them he was famished. The tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, Scripture says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil then took him to the holy city and set him on the parapet of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for scripture says, he will put his angels in charge of you and they will support you in their arms for fear you should strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, scripture also says, you are not to put the Lord your God to the test. The devil took him next to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. All these, he said, I will give you if you will only fall down and do me homage. But Jesus said, out of my sight, Satan. Scripture says, you shall do homage to the Lord your God and worship him alone. Then the devil left him. And the angels came and attended to his needs. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Muriel. We continue in our worship by singing hymn number 338, Jesus Tempted in the Desert, hymn number 338.
today is the first Sunday in Lent, the period of time when Christians often seek to look at themselves and to follow Jesus on his journey to the cross. Both of today's passages talk of temptation. In Genesis, we read of the snake tempting Eve with the apple and Eve tempting Adam. In the Gospel, we read of the devil tempting Jesus as he begins his ministry. And although we read this passage about the temptation of Jesus today at the beginning of Lent, we stop and think about it, these events took place before Jesus began his ministry, when he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted before calling his first disciples before preaching in the synagogue, before performing his first miracle, or indeed drawing attention to himself in any way whatsoever. It's as if Jesus had to be sure in his own mind just what it was that God required of him, and to weigh up whether he was up to the task before taking the risk of going public. And in six weeks' time, when we remember the events of Holy Week and the crucifixion, what took place in Jerusalem in that final week of Jesus' life was the culmination of hard choices made and the easier options that had been resisted years earlier. And I suspect that when Jesus was in Jerusalem in that week before the cross, he would have thought back to those early days when he had another crucial choice to make. And then the choice of whether or not to enter into Jerusalem, drawing attention to himself among the people of power, whose opposition could and did lead to his death. In the passage Muriel read, it's the devil who lays the temptation before Jesus. But it's God who sets the scene, and God who is ultimately in control. For Jesus was led by the Spirit to go through this experience of testing. And when it was all over, the angels were sent to take care of him. A nice touch on the storyteller's part, since one of the tests involved saying no to angelic intervention. But as we read this passage, what appears to be going on is an internal struggle on Jesus' part. He has to be ready for whatever may lie ahead. And that, that involves spiritual preparation as intense as any athlete's or warrior's training. His will has to be fully aligned with the will of God. And the image, the image that we have in our minds of his extreme hunger and his exhaustion shows us just how much that process took out of him. I would suspect that few, if any of us, have ever experienced real hunger or known the desperation that it can produce. And few Western Christians now accompany prayer with the ancient practice of fasting. And though some of us may be giving up favourite treats for Lent, that's a very different matter from seriously denying the body in order to focus on spiritual preparation for Easter. 
And I sometimes wonder if we might have another um, rather more shallow ulterior motive when we give up, for instance, chocolate or wine for Lent. But as we heard Muriel read, Jesus quotes scripture to back up his rejection of each temptation in turn. But the tempter, the tempter is also adept at quoting proof texts. And such bandying about of Bible verses taken out of context is seldom productive and never results in either party changing their mind. But the invitation and is this idea of linking back to the Old Testament for the invitation to eat when one should not takes us back to the serpent in the Garden of Eden that Muriel read for us. When Jesus is invited to turn the stones into bread and eat. Back to the serpent. The 40 days spent by Jesus in the wilderness, an obvious parallel to the 40 years spent by God's people in the wilderness before reaching the promised land. And as we've listened to all the testing that Jesus went through in the wilderness, I suspect it makes us think about temptation and what it is that causes us, or that might cause us, to make wrong choices. Now, I may have shared this story with you before, but I think it's worth retelling. The weary Bedouin could not have the one thing he wanted, a good night's rest. It was a cold and windy night, the sand was being blown hard, and he struggled to pitch his tent. Finally, the tent was up, and his camel was securely tied up just beside it. Weary from a long day's journey, the Bedouin soon slept soundly and peacefully. Nothing disturbed his sleep until around midnight, when his camel woke him up and said, Oh, my master, I have become very cold. Do me the favour of allowing me to hide my nose in the tent. His master replied, if you wish. And the master covered himself up again with his blanket and went back to sleep. Well, after a wee while, his camel woke him up again, pleading, may there be mercy on your parents, my master. My nose is now in a pleasant condition. Would it matter if I brought in my ears because they're getting a bit cold out here? His master said, very well, my camel. Good night. And so the camel brought in his ears. A short time later, the camel began to shiver with cold until the very tent shook. And he woke his master up again. Becoming weary of the camel, the master spoke somewhat harshly to his camel. What's the matter with you? The camel replied, Forgive me, my master, my neck is shaking with cold. Just this little favour. Then bring your neck in and leave me in peace, said the master. However, the camel did not leave his master in peace. With the rising of the moon, he began to cry out again, more loudly than at first, and spoke to his master even more harshly than his master had spoken to him. 
Get up, my master. His master sighed and asked with some disgust, Now what do you want, my camel? The camel replied, You are warm and I'm dying of cold. Just move a little and I'll bring in my four legs. His master said, Bring them in, but I've had enough of you. Now, the master was crowded at the side of his tent and was not very comfortable. However, he managed to fall asleep again until they heard the camel call loudly again, My master! The Bedouin replied, What do you want? The camel said, My master! My body is dying of cold. I must bring it in. His master spoke angrily. Oh, bring it in and give me peace. The camel entered and almost overturned the tent. At once it became, became so suffocating that the master had to push his head out from under the tent's edge to breathe. The camel, well, the camel no longer asked permission and brought in his hind legs and rested comfortably in the middle of the tent. The master tried in vain to move the camel, but all he could do was to drag his own arms and legs outside and sleep in the cold. I think there's a really good message for us in there. Think about it. On a trivial level, how many of us have no problem with the box of chocolates that are unopened in the cupboard? But as soon as it's opened, oh well, I'll just have another one. So many temptations start small and grow. Many a person who has a problem with gambling would say that it was a small bet, a small loss, some more gambled to recoup that loss. And we know where that can lead. Or the small amount borrowed from petty cash. Or I'm too busy to read my Bible or say my prayers. Just today, one small step leads to another. For we can all get out of good habits and we can all get into bad habits. Sins of omission and sins of commission. But part of what makes sin so dangerous is its ability to, pe to appear harmless. For a wee bit like the camel, instead of boldly marching in trying to take control, sin often slips in looking reasonable or harmless, surreptitiously, little by little. Now, as Christians, we know that Jesus came into the world for us. He lived and he died for us. And as George Lynn said last week, there is one prayer that God always answers immediately. Remember it? Father, forgive me. And the answer is always yes. So we do wrong. We take our sins, our wrongdoings, our missing the mark to Jesus Christ. Ask for his forgiveness and the answer will be yes. And surely our next prayer should be, through your Holy Spirit, strengthen me, strengthen us to do better. 
Today's gospel is a story with many layers of significance, as well as a real challenge to us, a challenge to us to make the most of Lent, perhaps to take some time away from other people and the usual distractions, to look inwards, to focus on ourselves and to listen for the true word of God and to synchronise what we want with what God wants for us. For that is what we need to do. We need to synchronise what we do with what God wants for us. For God has a plan for each and every one of us. And when we listen to him, he will guide us and he will share that plan with us. So let us, during these weeks of Lent, take time to listen to God. Take time to set apart from the busyness of the world, from all the other things that crowd into our day-to-day -day life, and to see just what God is calling each one of us individually and us together collectively as the congregation of St George's, what he wants for us to do in his world. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing hymn number 554 much better known than another couple of the hymns this morning, I think. Rock of Ages Cleft for Me, hymn 554.
choir will now sing the anthem during which time our offerings will be brought forward. <coughs> We belong to you. 
Thank you that your love for us is unconditional. We don't have to prove anything. And thank you that when we are tempted by the offerings of this world, you are there to pick us up, wipe off the dust, and set us back on the right path. Thank you for the amazing love that you offer to each one of us. And hear us now as we pray for others. For God of love, these are testing times for our world. It has been hard to witness yet another earthquake in Turkey and Syria this week. The pain and suffering of the people in both of these countries is unimaginable. We continue to pray for all of those who are grieving, all of those who have lost, been injured, and all who have lost everything. The grim anniversary of the war in Ukraine this week reminds us how fragile peace is. As people who know your divine peace, we ask for peace in our world. We pray for the leaders of our world as they work out how to react to the violence and make decisions that will impact many people's lives. Lord, this morning, just a few miles down river, we remember the crew of the tug, their families, and all who did their best to rescue them. We pray for countries feeling the brutal impact of climate change. As the world faces up to the climate crisis, may we play our part, small though it is, in looking after creation and seeking justice for people who are suffering as a result of dramatic climate changes. Help us to be part of the solution to the problems the world faces. God of love, these are testing times for our country. Many people are really struggling with the cost of living. We pray for people who find day-to-day -day life hard. Thank you for those who are trying to help, for food banks, advice centres and community intervention, bringing some relief and hope. Give volunteers the energy and the funds they need to keep going. And help us as your people to look after those in need in our community. The ongoing pay disputes continue to impact many people's lives. So we pray for resolution for many people in different sectors seeking new pay deals. May people negotiate in good faith and find a way forward that will bring an end to the disputes. We pray for the people of Scotland as the SNP seek to find a new leader. May those who seek election and their supporters find it within themselves to treat one another with respect and to be gracious to one another. Finally, we pray for our children as they navigate the complexities of social media and the internet. Please protect our children and young people. As a church, may we work hard to safeguard all of the young people in our care and to create safe spaces in which children can flourish and grow in their faith. God of love, these are testing times for some of our friends and families. We want to ask you to be with people in our communities who are suffering at the moment with illness, grief or situations that are very difficult. 
In a moment of silence, we bring you our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And hear us too now as we pray for ourselves. Help us when we are tested to do the right thing. Help us to make decisions that are full of grace and love. Help us to put our trust in you and be people others can trust. All this we ask through you, God our Creator, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, our Saviour. Amen. As we sing our next hymn, the children will come in from Ice Cream Sunday to let us see what they've been doing. So we stand to sing hymn 461, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds, hymn 461. <coughs> Good. No answers. <laughs> We're quiet this morning. 
Have you been busy? Yes. What have you been doing? Ice cream Sunday posters. So why have you been doing that? To promote Ice Cream Sunday, so that we can tell others about it, is that right? Well, would you like to come up and, do I see you with awards as well? Oh wow, have you all got an award as well? Wow, come on up, let's come up and we'll go along the line. Right, would you turn around and face? That way, I'm a wee bit feared of getting too close because the paint still looks wet. <laughs> it is. Right. So, do you want to hold up your poster and I'll read what you've got the award for? Okay, this award is for the most colourful ice cream sundae poster. Well done. Oh. This award is for the most fantastic ice cream sundae poster. Wow, he and ice cream sundae last Sunday in the month. Excellent. Oh, let's. Ice cream sundae last Sunday of the month. Games, and there's ice cream in that. This award is for the friendliest ice cream sundae poster. Yours is the only small... Yes, but it takes a special skill to paint a small painting, Hayley. The most imaginative ice cream Sunday poster. Wow, they've all got ice creams on them. Have you had your ice creams yet? No, no not yet. Oh, so you're desperate to get out. Sorry, Alexis. And you've done yours ice cream Sunday last Sunday of the month. Wow. And yours is for the most inspirational ice cream sundae poster. Fantastic. I think they all deserve it. Yes. So, you've been doing these to promote ice cream sundae. What else can you do to promote ice cream sundae? Tell your friends. What can all the folks in the church this morning do? Tell other small children. Children from what age? Three to whatever? <laughs> whatever? Oh, but folks, you're not dodging out to go to Ice Cream Sunday instead of coming here. <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing these. And when we sing our last hymn, we're going to remind us of what we need to do. We're going to talk, sing about go telling it on the mountain. But I thought this morning when you were here, we would say the Lord's Prayer together. So if you want to go and sit down and maybe... What do you want? Be careful with these with your clothes. <coughs> right. I don't sit on it. No, that wouldn't be a good idea. No. It would spoil your painting apart from spoiling your clothes. Right. Okay. So we're going to sit down and we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. So let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
And I'm just wondering if we could maybe get a photograph of all these posters together to go on to the web or the Facebook page, maybe, if that's possible. Thank you. Somebody's got somebody's got way ahead of me. Great, that's super. Thank you. So we're going to finish our service this morning by singing Go Tell It on the Mountain, because that's what we all need to do, to go out there and tell everyone that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's number 81 in the wee blue book. Go Tell It on the Mountain. It's in the little blue book, number 81. Let us go forth with our trust in God protecting us. 
Let us go to share the good news of Jesus in our towns and streets. Let us go to love God by serving him in the world and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.